Hi, I'm Marion Evans from Elevate BC and welcome to the exclusively Elevate podcast series. These episodes are our way of providing you with free insight and advice in your business journey. Through the series, we'll be discussing a range of topics with successful business leaders and prolific media broadcasters, such as Andrew Byrne from ITV News and the BAFTA-winning comedian and presenter Rod Gilbert. Welcome to episode eight. Episode six and seven were a two-part podcast with my friend, the comedian, presenter and BAFTA Cymru-winning Rod Gilbert. I have great pleasure in this podcast in welcoming back Andrew Byrne from ITV News to discuss the subject of executive presence. Hope you enjoy and please review us if you have time. Being you is, is one of the essential things in all of this. If you don't keep you, and you're, you will not be comfortable. And if you're not comfortable, you will not be confident. You've got to keep you in there, you've got to. Morning, everybody. Thanks for joining us for this webinar where I'm going to be joined again by Andrew Byrne, which I'm really excited about because it went down so well the first session we did together and lots of people asking for us to do something again. So really looking forward to today. For those of you who are not familiar with um, Elevate, so I started the consultancy a few years ago, really on the back of lots of requests for advice and mentoring and some coaching. And it kind of grew from there. And these webinars that we kicked off around about the beginning of the COVID uh, lockdown have really been about trying to share some advice, a bit of uh, light entertainment, hopefully, as well, with individuals for free. So to see if we can support some people through this uh, this period. I'm not going to do a full kind of intro. Um, Anybody who's joined me for some of the earlier ones will know that that's my that's the bit I dread the most of doing any of these webinars. Bit of imposter syndrome, bits of bits of that which we've picked up from the session with Rod Gilbert and I last week. But suffice to say, I guess I'd be described as an entrepreneur. So Elevate is one of the businesses that I buy own. Very fortunate to own a few successful businesses and sit on a number of boards as a non-exec director. And one of the things that certainly comes across my desk often is the kind of question of confidence and presence as well so kind of gravitas and people kind of struggling with those those two things so i'm really looking forward to covering a lot of that today with andrea who i'll leave introduce herself probably doesn't need any introduction but andrea thanks for coming back again <laughs> oh no absolute pleasure um uh, one of the things that she's giving me a confidence crisis this morning is trying to follow uh, rod gilbert i mean that's a hard place to be i have to tell you <laughs> <laughs> because a news presenter does not equal stand-up comedy in any way, but I should I, I should try my best to offer some of that light entertainment as well. Yeah. But yeah, I, I suppose for me, um, thinking about why I even am in any kind of position to talk about confidence and presence, you know, I've been broadcasting for twenty years as as a as a news anchor. Gosh, it's scary to say that. Um, and um, I'm in people's living rooms nightly, so I I have to find that way of commanding that authority and that uh, gravitas. Um, but as we'll get onto later, it's not just all about that um, you have to have that empathy as well. I'm also a line manager and a, a non-exec director for um, a charity as well at the moment and I think all, all, I've, I've noticed more and more recently how what I do on the telly um, kind of translates into other spaces in, in what I do as well so it's really interesting actually to be able to explore that with you because I've, I probably learned a lot about how those things translate from having those chats with you building up to this as well so um, yeah it should be a really interesting time. Well, helping each other, we help each other, which will come across, won't it, this morning with some of the, some hints and tips that you've given me that got me to start doing these virtual sessions in the first place. <laughs> so before we kind of kick off, I wonder whether um, we can invite you to, so it's not just us talking, but we get you involved um, as we've tried to do the last few sessions. So we're going to do some uh, live polls using um, Dupol, which is a, a really great tool that um, David, who's the guy that makes these things happen, um, has very kindly set up. David, do you just want to talk people through how they log on? So Dupal, we've been using now for probably about a month across different sessions and also delivering training sessions to, to clients as well. And it's great because it, what it provides opportunity for is live feedback during the session. So all of the answers, are the first thing to say is it's all anonymized. So there's no fear that any of your answers that go up on the screen, nobody's going to see so-and-so said something. It just gives an opportunity for you know for Marianne and, and Andrea now to talk about it basically and anybody's sort of concerns or areas that you kind of address live during the session which I think makes for a much more interesting interactive session all you've got to do is literally either tap in the URL which is in red you can do it on your computer or your mobile but if you do it on your mobile obviously it keeps your screen free 
Uh, or you can just scan the, the QR code with a photo on your phone and it should pop up with something telling you to take you through to that page on your web browser. Brilliant. Thank you, David. That's perfect. So, uh, confidence. Let's move on to the, the kind of first, uh, first slide on that. Defining confidence. It's an interesting one. I think it's probably one that I get asked quite a lot. And we probably ask of ourselves, you know, what, what is self-confidence? So we, the, the simple definition we put there, a feeling of trust in one's abilities, qualities, and, and judgments. And that sounds quite simple and straightforward. But I guess one of the things that always strikes me is that we, um, certainly I, am my own worst critic. So it's very easy to kind of think, oh, well, I'm not, I'm not very good at, at anything, really. I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, you know, I'm not that good. Um, so there's that. Uh, and that is a classic of imposter syndrome, which, again, we, we, we've covered uh, last week, is that kind of self-doubt about ability and, and qualities. So understanding our strengths is a key element to our self-confidence. Andrea, would you, how do you feel about your kind of confidence levels and where that kind of comes from? Well, one of the things I get asked quite a lot is, do I still get nervous when I broadcast? Um, and I think you, you do need a certain amount of adrenaline, don't you, as well, for those big occasions to, to give you that extra confidence. And also is, is a learning curve over a long period of time, isn't it? So I think there's that element of doing things on repetition to give you that confidence um, to overcome those, those fears. But there's also that element of how do you spin yourself that little bit and create your branding to give that feeling to people and inspire that confidence. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's sort of two levels uh, to me. So even when you're doing something for the first time, it doesn't mean you need, you need to appear un, unconfident in that. Even though inside you might be feeling that, you can still kind of, you can, you can, you can market yourself and spin yourself and, and, and your brand um, for, to, to give the, the guys that you are, you are together, of course. <laughs> so, yeah. so it's a mixture, isn't it, of, of both those things, I, I think. Yes, I'm still learning all the time. And yes, I do still get nervous <laughs> yeah and I, and I do and I think that's natural I think actually that makes us perform much much better is having that bit of bit of a trail and then there's that buzz isn't there there is that buzz afterwards when you think it's interesting because you know heard heard lots of people banding around or fake it till you make it and and that always makes me laugh because actually what you what you tend to find is that the people who appear confident uh, may well be faking the confidence, i.e. The, the, it's a performance of sorts uh, to an extent or helps them put into, into a different mindset. But one thing they very rarely fake is actually the prep or their subject knowledge or their skill or the things that got them into that position in the first place. So I know from, from my experience when I've had to perhaps speak to a boardroom or uh, present to a large amount of people, or even just managing my own teams in the past. It's knowing that the more you prepare, the more you know your your stuff, the more you know actually I can be quite resilient in this. I can, I can uh, speak on my feet about it because it's something that I understand and that I can. So you can fake the confidence exterior, I think, to an extent, can't you, Andrea? I yeah, think that's better. I think when you talk about preparation, everybody will have their different ways of doing that. I mean, when we, we kind of um, train people or have sessions with people on how to do a live broadcast or an outside broadcast or a report, I can only tra train that to a certain level because you've, you've still got to find your own way of preparing and, and gaining that confidence, I think. So... I will, give, I will give certain advice around that, but actually part of my advice around that is also don't prepare too much. I think you can sometimes over-prepare, and I'll expand a bit on this as we talk about other elements later, but you still want to sound human, don't you, in, in what you're presenting? So it, yeah. it's really important in some ways not to over-prepare, but having said that, that, your research needs to be there, your grounding needs to be there, so that in that live situation when I'm presenting, all hell could be breaking loose around you, satellite trucks could be going down, all manner of things could be going on, you may have a very, very challenging interview, but you know your stuff, you've still got that backing and that research to know your yeah. stuff. But then I would say it's a slightly different thing in the actual presentation side of things, you don't yeah. want to be over-prepared in that, but we'll, we'll get onto that probably a bit, a bit later on. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good point. I, I, before we have a look at the some of the poll results, hopefully some people have had a chance to, to respond to that kind of first question at least, I was thinking this morning, what are the key lessons I've learned about confidence? What are the key things that now I'm a little bit older and wiser and made plenty of mistakes uh, along the way in, in, in building kind of um, a business and, and teams? And, and I scribbled down, surround yourself, if you can, with confident people. I think that helps. Learning from other people's kind of um, nuances. And um, that doesn't mean being, being around extroverts. Um, so I'm quite an introvert. 
that doesn't mean that uh, I would lack self-confidence. It just means that that confidence comes across in a different way. So it's to be conscious of that. And I think about the, the people that you, you want to emanate or you, you see someone doing something well. What is it they're doing well? Kind of trying to find what, what that kind of confidence looks like. Avoiding comparing yourself with other people because there's always someone who's better. There's always <laughs> someone who's better. And I think if we compare ourselves all the time, we probably wouldn't do anything. I, so I certainly wouldn't do anything if I compared myself to all people, I think. I think we're going to come on a, a little bit to accomplishment breeds confidence. And we, we, I know that we have chatted about this. And if you don't put yourself out there, do it and see, actually, I did do it. And it was okay. Um, and I, I kind of got away with it or, or whatever that, that feeling is afterwards. Uh, it kind of steers you to, to do more of it, push yourself and kind of accomplish. And that's some key bits that I've, I've felt about my own kind of confidence levels over the years. And um, yeah, I, I suppose I've been thinking about what, what confidence means to me as well and bring, and what uh, and, and how I somehow managed to have that air of confidence when I'm at six o'clock, which might not necessarily be there the rest of the time. And I think, oh, I don't know, there were three key things that sort of came up for me. And one of the primary things was the listening factor. And the reason I bring that up is because we all know listening is important. It's probably particularly important in my in my job I, I suppose but it's not something that is necessarily instinctive in us is it and I found that that's something I've really learned over the years so when I was a junior reporter going out to interview somebody um maybe doing those dreaded kind of door knock interviews as well and things that you know are quite nerve-wracking and not not, not only that but you're trying to grasp technology and recording things and making sure the levels are right and all those kind of stuff when you, you first start out and I would have my list of, of questions and I would ask those questions. And, you know, especially, the, you know, the first few interviews you do, you realise in, in the end, you know, the most important thing is to be listening to the answers and responding to what somebody else is saying, because you can't get your best out of your interviewee um, unless you do that. But, you know, in those, in those early days as a journalist, that's all you're thinking about is what can I, what, what's my next question? What's my next question? What's my next question? And that's, the, that's that I do, I do have things prepared, but instinctively now it's all about listening to what that person is saying. It's all about the conversation. So yeah. that's where my self-confidence comes from. I touched a bit on the, the quick thinking and decisiveness in what I do on air. And sometimes you need to show that, you've got that because you've got a whole orchestra around you in the gallery and you know there's a director in there doing certain things and they're trying to command this whole orchestra of reporters that might be on location camera crews everybody's everywhere they're speaking to everybody and they need to know they need to have the confidence and trust in you that if things start to go wrong you're reading it you know and you you can respond in that moment it's that quick thinking and decisiveness is important and that again has evolved over time and I'm sure I don't always get that right at all and it's you know especially when you've got to react to things going very very badly wrong on there or give an apology or something it's, it's not things you have to do very often so again that's facing that that fear and, and, and committing to it and then I referred to a little bit earlier that kind of humanity and a phrase that I've just sort of developed over this week when I was thinking about it was yes authority but authority does not equal automation so you, it has to be an authority that's natural. It has to be an authority that's human. It has to be an authority that, yeah, it doesn't matter whether you stumble, whether you are or you are a bit, that's conversational, that's human, that's how we talk. It's, it's not sitting there and reading the autocue robotically. It's not sitting there and going through your list of questions. It's, it's all about that humanity and interaction, isn't it? Yeah, and that authenticity as well, isn't it? It's about being you. It's about your personality and being kind of okay with that. David, shall we have a look at some of the responses that people have, have done to those first question or two? So on a scale of one to ten, how confident are you? And perhaps I should have said from a self-confidence perspective, not necessarily how you come how you feel you might come across to other people, but you're a self-confidence. 59, that's that's it. Like I'd say that well, to me, Andrea, I don't know what you'd say. I think that's quite an interesting score. I think I would have been surprised if everybody's kind of said, Oh, I'm super, super confident. Those you probably wouldn't have joined the session to start with. But also, I think we've got to be mindful that within that, there'll be some people who are really probably lacking, you know, at the really bottom of the, the scale, lacking that self-confidence. What about the next answer, uh, David? Is there, have we had some of the narrative around? Oh, brilliant. Okay, so what does confidence look like to you? So Andrew and I shared some of the bits and pieces that it looks feels like to us, but uh, well prepared, yeah, able to share opinions, presence, command, attention. Yeah, we're going to look a little bit more at that. I really love the, um, having, having a glow. That's a really nice way to describe it, having a glow. Nice. Yeah, that's lovely. Uh, Self-assured, positive, yeah. Smile, energy, positivity. Yeah, I, I'd agree with that. Feeling sure I'm doing the right thing is an interesting one as well, isn't it? Because um, that, that's all around, that, that's commitment and conviction um, factor which is is something we'll be discussing as well 
Yeah, and, and also when you think about being self-assured and that also ties with doing the right thing. So we are usually at our most confident when we are doing the things that we're in our kind of comfort zone. So if we're being true to our kind of core values and, and beliefs, if you've joined us for one of the earlier sessions, then, then we've looked at the personal iceberg. And that's a great example of, you know, what people see above the water you know, the, the language we use, how we come across, what we're wearing, how we appear, all those those things which are clear and obvious to, to everybody to see are driven by all these things that are going on under the water. And that's that's really important with confidence, is your self-confidence, the things that you've been brought up with, the things that you value, not losing sight of those. Because when we go against those, we tend to be out of our comfort zone. There were some really good ones there, weren't there? Self-assured Believing in yourself, that self-belief is, is important as well. Okay, should we just, as people are kind of moving on to answer the other questions, David, can we put up the slide about presence element? So if we think that confidence is about our self-confidence, how we feel about ourselves, how we feel kind of self-belief, then presence, I described it earlier on, I think, is gravitas. I, I'm often asked, especially by ambitious individuals who want to go into board positions so perhaps somebody who's um, climbing the ranks like I did perhaps I've been given feedback or you haven't got the right gravitas I can remember having that conversation with with a woman about six months ago saying oh the feedback I've had is I haven't got the right gravitas to be in a boardroom that really grates on me what that often refers to though is, is somebody's presence back to Andrew's point authority without being automated really so having that air of authority that's about how you act that's about how you come across to other people there are a couple of other um, components to presence. One of the key ones is communication. So how we speak, but also not just how we speak, but how we appear. And what I, what I mean by that is not necessarily just, you know, how, how you dress, how you present yourself, but also in terms of body language. So communication and appearance from a body language perspective. The tone we use with communication, as well as the words we're using, how we make other people feel, do we make other people feel comfortable and all of these elements are critical to presence if we just slip over to the next slide david a couple of the bits that andrew and i were keen to touch on next were people not born with executive presidents it is an acquired skill so andrew and i've already touched on the fact that you know we've kind of learned quite a lot over the years about how to engage with other people and how to get better of other people and, and so forth but it is a very personal thing it's different to different people some people are comfortable suited and booted and I think I was saying to Andrew and we chatted about this the other day that financial services sector the expectation particularly as I was climbing the kind of corporate ladder was that I was in a suit you know all the, the particularly gents they were all, all the very male dominated sector obviously were always suited and booted and so I was very conscious I need to look the part I need to look like them I need to Obviously, there's a bit more to it than that. I, 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 that was my situation when I, when I was sort of um, climbing the ranks reporting as well. And I remember I always went in when I was producing, producing bulletins as, as a production journalist in, in, in the start. I, I went in in my trouser suit because, you know, if somebody couldn't get to a job and there was breaking news, then I thought, well, I, I'm, I'm looking smart. I can be the one who's then sent out to replace them. And it, it, it's, you know, dressing for the job you want, not the job you have, that old phrase, isn't it? Right. So it everything's changed, hasn't it? The world is changing. And yeah. I think different sectors are adapting to di different degrees with appearance yeah. and, and what we have to wear, what business style means, what smart casual means, what suits suits their environment um, and I, I think here it, well in media and more in the creative um, sector I suppose um, suits in the office have, have sort of gone um, a while ago um, but for me that's different because the newsreader will always still be in a suit or a dress um, and look very business-like so I think what, what it's about is re you've really got to read your own environment haven't you and that can change all the time depending on what meeting you might have and where that meeting is so it's kind of a constantly evolving thing but that doesn't mean you can't keep your own branding and keep your own style um, which not makes it not only makes it easier for you to prepare yourself I think if you know very much what that style is but it also makes it easier for other people to to relate to and not be distracted because it's almost like a bit of a uniform for you so you're consistent um, which I think helps yeah absolutely completely agree with that and if you're if you're confident in your in the clothing you're wearing or the 
feedback from somebody earlier on that that glow because you're feeling you're in your confident space and I, I, I know of individuals that I've um, executively coached who would say that their their secret weapon is perhaps the the red lipstick or for a, for a gent it might actually be the waistcoat I've got got a, a client who, who will always be in a three-piece suit because he loves it and actually he looks very dashy in it so it's it is about what you feel comfortable in and so that you can be, I, I guess, your most confident self. Um, mine for many years was heels. My, 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 I had a bit of a thing for my shoes. Um, if I had my right shoes on, then I was, you know, I, was, I, I felt better. Yeah, that's so. interesting because um, um, I will always go in to read the, the bulletin um, pretty much always in, in heels, even though you can't see my feet. No one sees it, I'm behind the desk. <laughs> it just makes me feel ready. It makes me feel businesslike. Um, yeah. It makes me feel like I've, I, you know, it's just that added something added to give you that confidence if you can add something why not add it and weirdly this is even more bizarre um i also also want to make sure i put perfume on it's not smell of vision is for, for some reason that that's my little ritual and that again if you can do things that just help a little bit why not do them if, if it's going to help have that glow i'm adopting that i love the glow thing and if you can yeah. help with the glow then go for it <laughs> yeah absolutely and, and it doesn't matter what the, the thing is does it i suppose that's the that, that's the important thing to remember as well i remember doing a, a session with a, a large group about a year or so ago and talking about empowerment and sometimes um, in preparing for things it can be quite useful to listen to music so we associate certain pieces of music with certain feelings and they trigger that in us so i asked the group Think, think about a song that makes you feel really like you can tackle anything, that you can take anything on. And, um, and there were some corkers which came out. And one, one guy said, I think I shared this last week, you know, Eye of the Tiger was his, you know, put Eye of the Tiger on in the car, then it's ready for any meeting. And we all giggled, but actually everybody will have certain things that get them ready to go. And there's also quite a practical um, point to that. If you're going to um, present um, a you're going to be speaking um I, I, I remember this going right back to when I was training actually in, in college doing my postgraduate broadcast journalism and I remember being being told if you're going in and you know you've got to read a bulletin and immediately when you get in or you're doing something and immediately when you get in put that music on and have a good old sing to it because you need to project your voice and warm up your vocal cords and that's really important for projection and, and the depth of your voice so um, there is actually there's a two-pronged attack to that it's not just the, the kind of mental psychological thing of, of, of something you might really get empowered by but there's a very well, I think there's a very practical element to having that good old sing-along in the car as well I do love a sing-along <laughs> I won't share my music uh, tastes but I, I do like a sing-along in the car right I'm fearing that I may be digressing look at me um David could you pop that slide back up for us we're going to just look at those elements across the bottom so confidence we've had a had a, had a look at that kind of self-confidence and where that comes from um, we've touched on some of these others but we're just going to look at them perhaps in a little bit more structured detail for me commitment we think about commitment it's and this will mean different things to different people but but certainly my experience is the commitment to do something that's outside my comfort zone and see it through and to gain a reputation for for that so it's helped me in lots of ways it's helped me to accomplish things i probably would never have expected i was capable of because i've pushed myself outside my comfort zone and i've not backed out so i've kept going and, and, and made made them happen but it's also helped with my reputation in business as being somebody very reliable of getting stuff done so often I, individuals will come to me with an issue and i and i enjoy that because it's my commitment to see something through to um troubleshoot i guess and to, to ensure that the right result happens in terms of the executive presence having a commitment to putting yourself into perhaps uncomfortable positions sometimes and ensuring that you follow through on them i don't know andrew whether your commitments are would yeah, for me this crosses over for, uh, quite a bit as well in the two sort of um, worlds, the, um, the the telly world and the interviewing world um, versus the kind of chats that I have um, uh, members of my team um, as well at work and, and uh, more of a crossover than I than I think I suppose. So when I'm doing interviews, um, particularly if they're challenging interviews with, with politicians or ministers, um, I think it's that conviction that's in it's that commitment to um to ask the difficult question in the moment but also to interrupt when interrupt 
marketing is appropriate commitment to do that. That can be very hard because you want to do it politely, but you want to do it robustly. And it's 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 also, um, as you say, a consistency. So forming that habit that people can, can rely on, on, on how you deal with things. And that doesn't mean that you have to have the same style as, as everybody else. I think you can influence an interview in different ways, but each style has got its own merit. But for me, I think committing to something, but still doing it in your own, you've got to do it in your own way, haven't you? You've got to develop your own style with that. Um, but equally, that translates um, to, to kind of the conversation I have with my team. And I've, if I've got to have a difficult conversation, um, I, I also know when to let that conversation breathe as well. I've learned more how to ask those difficult questions and have those difficult chats when I need to and not interrupt when I don't need to. That's really important as well. So, yeah, I suppose commitment translates in, in that way for me. And I, actually, that, that also touches on the connection, doesn't it? When you connect, connecting with people gives you that level of presence. So can you, back to, back to your point, can you read the room? Can you read your team? Can you read the circumstances? And I know we're going to kind of share a bit of incredibility about qualifications, and that's my kind of Achilles heel. But in terms of connection, it's really about your emotional intelligence. It's really about your ability to understand how you, how you operate, how you kind of come across, but also how other people respond to it. And if you're losing people in a, in a room, then it's time to change tack. So it is about reading. It is about those connections. And that connection isn't necessarily verbal. It's very often visual. So if you ever find yourself in a meeting where somebody's uh, looking like they're completely disengaged and perhaps glancing at the phone or something, I shut that down straight away when I'm, when I'm working with boards or with any, any group of individuals. So it's having that confidence to do that, but to connect and to respond appropriately, I think. Um, I don't, is there something you want to add on connection, Andrea? That, that... I think a couple of things that I wrote down when I was thinking about connection. The language that you use to communicate is so so important. Um, when we're thinking about how we write things for, for TV, that translates more than, than you think as well. Um, I, I remember being taught phrase, you need to, it needs to be right, tight and bright when you're, when you're writing simple, simple what we call ULAs, but simple uh, copy to, for, for the television so uh, and, and that's that's really important so you've got your facts there but you're telling it in a bright engaging way you've got that, that glow in the language you're using but it's also tight you've got to remove all that jargon you've got to make yeah. it simple for people so when I'm writing for television you've got to remember that at home people are maybe feeding uh, their kids their tea um, they're going in and out of the room to answer the doorbell and they're only sort of half engaged in a way and you've got to, to make what you're saying in the language you use is in, as simple in, in a way as possible and, and as engaging as possible. So if you're talking about furloughing and you're talking about the pandemic, you've got to cut through all the jargon that the government might be using. You need to lay out the points that people need to know in the simplest way possible to get that connection. Um, so, so for me, that's the same in, in any sort of conversation that you have. You can't be talking in jargon. You can't be talking in riddles. As a public service broadcaster, that's our responsibility to get those messages across to people. Gosh, that's been really highlighted during this pandemic as well, because yes. it's been very complicated what we're allowed to do, what we're not allowed to do, what, what, when we're allowed to do it, how we're allowed to do it. And, and it's the same, isn't it, when you're talking to members of your team? You don't know what they've got going on in their world. We're talking no. about people feeding their kids tea and answering the doorbell. You don't know what's going on with them, what they've just come from from home, what, what, what might be happening with them. So it's really important to remember that right type, right, and, 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 and get that engagement, uh, um, I think, with the, with the language that you use to be able to communicate. Yeah, absolutely agree. Yeah, very much, very much so. I'm going to suggest we move on to just uh, look at the credibility bit. This, this one for me is quite a, well, it is, they're all interesting different ones and you think about your, yourself and your own kind of journey in them but in terms of, of credibility for me as somebody who has always got that kind of feeling of not being good enough so that that was of, of, often my driving force as I was coming up through my my career am I good enough that kind of developed in me a really really strong work ethic to start with so that that was almost part and parcel of of that the ability or the drive to work hard but in order to have that level of credibility in the areas I've worked in, I have felt the need for letters after my name. It's a silly thing, and I don't think that I'm necessarily better at doing any of the things that I do now, perhaps a little bit, but, but that kind of rubber stamp was worked in two ways for me. It wasn't just about um, letting other people know that I, I you know, should be able to 
know what I'm talking about, but it was for my own self-confidence. It was for my own satisfaction. So when I was working in financial services, I became chartered. I became one of the youngest women to get chartered. Then when I decided I wanted to follow uh, different kind of uh, routes and look more into leadership and more into people engagement in motion tasks, I became a fellow of the Institute of Leadership Management, then a fellow of the, the Chartered Management Institute. And then I won the award for inspirational woman. And all these things, you know, were almost a catalogue of credibility stamps. And what I definitely saw as, um, as that kind of happened was my self-confidence grew. Uh, this people perception of me changed, perhaps, or developed which was almost a byproduct for me, really, because being an introvert, I'm not, I don't really mind <laughs> that element of other people, what other people think, but I want that I'm really good at my job. I want that I do that really, really well. So the credibility uh, aspect for me is a critical one for presence because almost uh, people become to expect something of your your presence or your the way you come across. I don't know whether you feel anything similar to that Andrea or whether your journey is a bit different perhaps similar in the sense that I think I've always been uh very much as you would describe in, in wanting to, to to gain the next qualification or gain the next experience and because how often um all the time I, I'm asked to to, for, for, to write my biography for different uh, circumstances to write a bio uh, and you're conscious of that aren't you as you go through life this is your description of you this is this is your credentials this is your credibility um, and you always want to be evolving and adding to that but, but that just, for me, signposts um, what you are as, as your brand as well, I suppose. And something you yeah. described earlier about people knowing that you're always going to go and try and get the next thing. You're always going to be ambitious. And that's how people know you. And that's how you evolved. And that's kind of a habit you formed. And that's why people rely on you, um, because you've committed to things. So it's how it all ties in together, isn't it? Uh, I suppose on a, on a very much more crude level in terms of um, credibility, we were talking a bit about appearance earlier, uh, weren't we? And I suppose it, it's important... Uh, I just think about people coming onto the, the TV to be interviewed and, and just on the, on the very basis of being credible, um, what they're saying might be very credible and they are very credible and they've got everything to their name that, that suggests they're credible and we should believe them, but they could be saying the most interesting thing, but if they've got something um, going on elsewhere um, in how they may be uh, dressed for that interview or for the television, is, which is distracting yeah. you lose your credibility very quickly so that's something it, it may seem very basic if, if, if your credibility can be sapped by a, a small thing um it's things you need to watch out for for i think do not um do not uh, let, let your your credibility be sapped by one one small thing the distraction the distraction from the yeah the cool cool message it's it, it's a really credibility is an interesting another interesting area really and, and i want to Put it out there that I, it's not that I think that qualifications are the be all and end all because actually some of the most incredible people I've worked with probably dropped out of school when they were uh, 16 or 17. So it's not a mark of that. It's it's more the point I guess that, that I wanted to get across on that is you have to do what makes you feel credible and confident, and so that you can you can project that outwardly when you're working in, in groups and know that you're. Um, um, or with other people, anybody, not just necessarily groups. Um, David, can we have a little look at what the responses were for those last couple of questions? I'm also going to have a quick scan through some of the questions that came in. Thank you for everybody who sent questions in beforehand. We've tried, as we've kind of gone through, to pick up quite a few of those or to, to answer quite a few of those. So how do you believe you come across in a business environment? What do you think your own presence is? Calm, measured, professional. Oh, well done. Great. Yeah, so thinking on your feet and, and how you cope with, with what comes back. Dealing with difficult groups of people. Um, I do a lot of work with uh, individuals on that. I'm told I come across self-assured. I feel like I'm quiet and I listen a lot and speak when I have something to say. I think that's commendable, really. Um, what I'm going to just pick up on that one, I think is really, really important, is I kind of I put this question so that it was you reflect on how you think you come across what I like in that, that response, I'm not sure who that was from, but I am told I come across as self-assured. So it's really, really interesting to get feedback 
If you are concerned about how you come across and whether you need to work on your, your presence and your confidence in, in different environments, asking for feedback. What do people actually think? Because it may be that, you know, like a swan or swan or duck, I think it's swan, is <laughs> paddling underneath, but actually, it could be any of us, to be fair, um, but, but, but actually have that air of, of confidence that comes across when, um, you know, that perhaps doesn't feel like it is fairly approachable and concise. Approachable is good, authentic, um, that people feel that they can uh, open up to is really important with that connection piece as well. Um, yeah, thinking about feedback, yeah, really, really important to, to get that feedback and, and that's, um, you know, very honest feedback as well. Um, also thinking, but thinking about when I've been nervous and, and about public speaking or, or something like that. Also, you know, think about that all audience because they did book you <laughs> they booked you to do this they think you're credible and um, so so it, it's all about those different lenses that you see things through isn't it try not to see it through that lens that is is inside of you and projecting thinking oh the fear the fear the fear try and think hang on a second what about i'm driving into my car to this this, or, or this event well, we don't do that anymore do we but if, if <laughs> in a different world. Oh, that'd be great. <laughs> um, but, you know, that audience member, that person who's particip participating and wants to interact and wants to come and hear what you're saying, and they're driving there, really excited to do that and coming to your event. So think about it through their lens. They, they want to hear what you've got to say. So I try to kind of overcome my nerves sometimes with that and think, I want yeah. to give them a good experience. And, and, and they obviously think I've got something important to say, so I've got to convince myself that I have. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, there, is, there is that element though, isn't it? And, and actually, we, in any meeting we're in or any environment, we are there because uh, people want us to be there or people need something from, from us. So it, it is that kind of gentle reminder, keeping that little voice in check that's that kind of self-doubt. Or, as Rod put it last week, <laughs> when he described performing basically as as a donut um he was saying about focusing on all the people there who are laughing and engaged and want to hear and, and, and try to ignore the middle of the <laughs> donut which is the one person who's there going oh this is rubbish this is <laughs> so keeping a perspective on things uh like a donut um maybe uh maybe one to bear in mind as well i was just going to say a quick thing about criticism but somebody once said to me when i was um uh, when I first started out, d never believe your your worst uh, criticism or critics or your or your best compliments because both of them are probably coming from from different motivations. So, yeah. not necessarily the best things to take at the two ends of the spectrum. Yeah, and and that would also be true for comparing yourself with with other people as well. You know, everybody's got their kind of own own agenda. You've got to run your own race. You've got to be your own champion, your own advocate, and try and surround yourself with people who value that and champion that and if you're in an environment where you're not getting that then you've got to question whether you're right in the right environment is uh, is is what i'd say on that as well did we have another question david ah what action do you think you could take to improve your confidence and presence so some of you may have done this earlier than when we've gone through some of the points but and act if, if i'm not feeling the, the one thing about doing that as we touched on earlier on the one thing about faking it till you making make it i.e the confidence, the projection, rather than you know what, what you're kind of um, talking about or the skills that you've got, is once you've done that a couple of times, once you've got yourself through that perhaps uncomfortable meeting or uncomfortable, you'll see actually it wasn't that bad. And that hopefully will really make you see actually the next time it becomes a bit easier and the time after that becomes easier and, and, and so forth. So it's fulfilling your, your kind of potential. I sort of spoke about knowing the audience in terms of um, knowing that they have confidence in you and when, when I'm thinking about public speaking. Um, but it's also knowing your audience when you're having those conversations, isn't it? And, and developing that empathy with them. I think it's just um, such an important thing at the moment. And um, as we try to think more and more about seeing seeing the world through other people's eyes, I think that's, that's so topical at the moment, isn't it? And, and it's just remembering um, to kind of shift our paradigms sometimes when we're having those conversations and seeing them and, and, and increasing that, that empathy yeah and being uh, I suppose knowing knowing how honest to be in yourself to gain that empathy as well is another skill isn't it yeah and how much you share and how much you, you you kind of give away yeah absolutely I agree with that and some people are more prepared to share than others and and, and with different audiences I guess with different people one of the one of the things that 
we've, we've mentioned briefly, but I think it's it's worth just uh, re-emphasizing here, given some of the feedback on, on that last one, is do as much as you can of what makes you happy. Confidence and fulfillment and, and, and all that is very much tied with, with mindset. And if we are feeling quite comfortable, we tend to be more positive, we tend to uh, exude more confidence, we tend to have a better presence. So if something feels good, it can't be that bad. Oh, that's lyrics from somewhere, isn't it? Where's that, where's that little diamond come from? <laughs> it sounds like it could be. <laughs> We're going to do a name that too next time. Um, but it is a case of what are your strengths, what are your skills, do as much of that, contribute as much as you can in that space, rather than focusing on the things you don't think you're good at. And you'll, you'll feel more confident and, you'll, and that will come across because it's, it's a natural, instinctive thing, really. The other thing, while you're thinking perhaps of your questions and, and um, um, whether there's anything else you'd like to ask us while, while you've got our undivided attention, is the fact that we have quite an extended programme. I mean, this has been a bit of a taster, I guess, um, to a large extent. We try and cram as much as we can into kind of 30, 30 minutes or so. A programme which is about feeling the part, sounding the part and looking the part. There are kind of three essential elements, if you like, to our kind of communication with, with people. And very often what I find when I'm doing exec coaching with directors or CEOs or people who have got very large teams or have very responsible roles is that there are, there's more than one element to it. So they, they have to feel it. And that's something that I work on a lot with, with people. But also they often ask about how they appear, how they come across, and how they sound. So the, the tone they use, the language they use. Um, so that's just, just to let people know about one of the courses. Uh, it'll be a virtual course that, um, that we're going to be launching. So people are interested in, in that and having a bit more of a tailored, longer in-depth session about it. We'll be delighted to, to do that with you. Uh, also, the podcasts are available. can't quite believe I'm saying that, that I've even got a podcast. I didn't really know what a podcast was until recently. So all of the sessions that I've been doing with uh, different individuals, including the one that Andrew and I did first off, which was on resilience, are available now on podcast. Thanks to David, who, as I said earlier on, kind of pulls all this together. Any more questions? Anybody want to ask us anything? Go for your lives. We've got a few minutes uh, left. If uh, this is where it all went wrong, David, last week with Rod, we ended up two hours <laughs> afterwards. It's Rod made the fatal mistake. He's saying he had nowhere to go to for about six months uh, because all these uh, gigs had been cancelled. <laughs> so if anybody does want to ask a question, if you um, sort of rate, you can either raise your hand um, or virtually raise your hands, and then we'll unmute you and you can ask directly. Um, otherwise, I think there's one in the Q and A box. Ah, uh, great. Okay, let's have a little look at. Uh, thanks for the people who was putting the chat in about um, about shoes. By the way, I'm glad I am. That's not just me. Um, and uh, I just say I've, I've got a 16 month old whose favourite word is shoes, and I don't know how I've influenced that. <laughs> oh, you should be proud of that. <laughs> oh, um, right. Let's have a look. Um, great session this morning. Thank you, Manon. If you have a few minutes to make an impression and command a room, e.g., in an interview. What would be your top tips? Um, I think, gosh, top tips would be uh, being prepared, particularly if it's an interview, I'd be make sure that I'm really, really prepared. Make sure I look the part. So I, um, I was asked this a couple of weeks ago. I was doing, um, I was on an interview panel, and um, how should we dress given that this virtual session and you dress to impress for an interview? Really, it's certainly my sector. Um, but you need to be comfortable. So it's that, think about what you're going to wear, prepare, uh, prepare that so that you feel the part when you're, when you're walking in. Um, and the top tips for me on that would be pace. So take your time, pauses are really, really important. Uh, in an interview, a pause to you might feel like hours, but it really is only seconds. So uh, slow your thinking down, uh, tone, um, and then it allows your brain that time to think about how you want to come across, what, how you're going to respond, what you're going to say. So I don't know if that's helpful, Manon, but those would be the key elements, particularly in the interview, if you are being interviewed. Prepare, think about what you're going to, to wear beforehand, so that isn't a last-minute panic, so you feel confident, 
and then think about how you want to to come across and think about killer question or oh, i could do a lot on interview think about killer question that you're going to ask at the end of the interview always have that that ready too i completely agree on don't be afraid of of, of the silence i often am, am on air and there's a moment where something happens which feels like it's it's um you know a minute but actually it's only been a couple of seconds and and i always try and watch watch those back to reassure myself that it hasn't been as bad <laughs> as, it, as it was and it never is those moments uh, you know for, to other people are fairly insignificant um i suppose the only, only other thing i would add to that i completely agree echo everything you say um i was sort of thinking about the icebreaker when you when you go into that to that room um and um thinking about when i'm hosting awards or when i'm going up up for, onto the stage for the first time and and i suppose um it's kind of um yeah having that that very first moment of what are you going to say when you get up there which is going to draw people's attention and maybe get that bit of a laugh and a, and a bit of an icebreaker and sometimes that's sometimes i often get that from having sat on a table with people beforehand and picked up on a few comments and I can I can really engage with what other people have been saying to me and there might be an incident that has, ha has happened and I can make a little bit of a joke out of it and in, an interview situation is obviously more serious and, and different but I think again if you can read something from your environment which is appropriate to make a comment on and just to maybe um, make it slightly more just to break that kind of tension in the room um, yeah. when you go in, people. I think that exudes some confidence because you've you've yeah. you've read something well and you've 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 broken down that 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 tension as well. So I don't know. It's it's hard to do, but um, if, if you can find that nugget, I think it, it can be quite nice. Yeah, and that's again a good example of rapport, building rapport. So I would say, and, and I know this is going to sound harsh to people, but I've interviewed a, a lot of top-level individuals over, over the years, and I can honestly tell you that within the first few minutes, I'd even say seconds sometimes, you get a feel for the person. And a lot of that can be down to, just as you said there, Andrea, do they make some conversation when they uh, arrive? How, how do they you know, come across? Is there a smile on the face? Is there, is there somebody I want to work with? Is there somebody that I, I can, you know, so there's, that's really important. The other thing I was going to say, Manon, before we move on to Leanne, Leanne's got a great, great question, um, is uh, don't underestimate how many people have been coached for their interview. <laughs> Just to put that out there. There's, there's a lot. There's a lot. You know, in uh, sport, um, anybody at a senior level has a professional coach. It's a given. It's, it's accepted. Um, there's an awful lot to that in business that isn't talked about. Um, I would say that the majority of the clients that I work with who are in perhaps uh, quite public or high profile positions, um, our relationship is completely confidential. Nobody knows that I'm working with them and they, and, and that's, that's absolutely fine. That's why they, they you know, uh, they're my clients. There's that discretion, but my job is to make sure they come across well and, and, and look good. So don't, you know, Manon, don't underestimate the work that goes involved, is involved with some people getting them to that kind of, kind of position. Um, Leanne, so any golden nuggets to show confidence in this new virtual and digital world? Well, can I share my, yes. Well, let me tell you, Leanne, I was absolutely terrified of doing my first virtual or digital kind of um, thing. Um, I'm very comfortable, happy in rooms of people. Um, I, I'm used to that. I enjoy that. I like the interaction with individuals. But the thought of doing a webinar uh, absolutely terrified me. <laughs> and so what I did was I'd met this lady called <laughs> who um, at a Women on Boards event that I'd, I'd run and um, I thought I know who I can ask for some hints and tips. So that's exactly what I did. And effectively, Andrea did a coaching session with me on the do's and don'ts, really, Andrea, wasn't it, of transferring from the room to the kind of virtual and, and having the camera and, and all that jazz. That's fair to say, isn't it? I think I guess some of this stuff can be as 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 simple as, as getting your framing right, your your um, um, your positioning right for for the webinar. Um, because again, I'm, I was talking about distraction earlier. That can be uh, really distracting for people. I, I mean, I, you've seen a lot of bookshelves, haven't you, <laughs> in recent weeks? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It can be a good thing because again, it can add to, add to the credibility factor. Maybe I, I'm also a believer that, that can be distracting. You only need one book with a large title that some, that says the wrong thing or something distract. You know, that can oh, they've got a book on that one. They got a book on that, and your mind just goes. 
<laughs> onto something completely different. So you have to you have to be careful around around those kind kind of things. But also just oh, just you know, simple tips about framing. You don't want the camera looking at your nose. You don't want the camera looking down on you. You want the lighting to, to be good. So it's worth investing a bit of time in that. So that's more from a visual um, perspective, I suppose. But um, and one of one of my big things um, that I've noticed more and more over the years from a telly point of view, and effectively this is telly after all now, isn't it? We're all on the, on the telly more when we're doing this. Um, you know, um, it, it's, it's, it's broadcasting to somebody, if not, you know, maybe not the nation, but you're broadcasting to somebody. What you think is a, is a large expression you're making, what you think might be a smile, what you think might be animated. The camera and the lens tends to remove a percentage of that. Um, you know, through that, that glass, it, 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 somehow that, that transition, it loses it. So. The energy, the animation, the enthusiasm, and the energy, the energy, energy, energy. <laughs> can't say it enough. Can't say it enough. Um, you have to up it, up that, crank it up, crank it up, crank it up. Because you might, you might think it's really weird. I'm, I'm being so, you know, I'm being so animated. I, I feel it might feel weird to you, but actually, it won't to the people watching. It won't. Yeah. Being you is is one of the essential things in all of this. If you don't keep you, and you you will not be comfortable. And if you're not comfortable, you will not be confident. You've got to keep you in there. You've got to. Yeah. Great tip. Brilliant. Thank you, Andrea. I think that's a perfect place to stop. Let's say no more. That's it. That's the that's the bit to finish on. Um, thank you. I'm sorry that we've overrun a little bit. I hope it's been uh, helpful. Um, as we say, feedback really really. Um, grateful we received so um we'll hopefully see you again soon thank you andrea marvelous as always it's been really, really enjoyable thank you as, as ever oh, <laughs> I, I hope i, I hope um, you know I, I i wasn't completely kind of upstage by the comedian the great the great person <laughs> not at all not at all no no actually he's probably shaking his boots right now because yeah. <laughs> i didn't watch it and i'm too afraid now to watch it because i'm just gonna you know have that comparison imposter thing once i see it and think oh god <laughs> No, not, no, 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 don't, no, not at all. Honestly, uh, yeah, no, no, you need worry not, Andrea, worry not. It's a conversation for another time, which I'll share, share with, with you, or maybe on another one of these, but I did once do a programme where I had I, I learned how to be a stand-up comedian, and I did a session. Oh, I see, there's a teaser. I, got to, I can tell you about that another time. You get right, it. right, tune in for more on that. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks all. Great to see you. Cheers. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening to series one. We really hope you enjoy this podcast. And if you do have time, we'd love a podcast review. Thank you so much. And if you'd like to get in touch, please just visit our website, elevatebc.co.uk.